This is Stanley Davis from Missouri Scorchers. This is Jordan Johnson out of Glasgow Rocks. My name is Aaron Anderson from the Sheffield Sharks. This is Brandon Peel of the Newcastle Eagles. This is Andreas Kapoulas, head coach of the Bristol Flyers. This is Lorenzo Gugini of the London Lions, and you are now listening. You are now listening. You are now listening. You are now listening. You are now listening to the BBL Show. To the BBL Show. To the BBL Show. Welcome to episode four of the Summer Road Trip here at the BBL Show. I am Jay Marriott. He is Drew Lasker. We are riding solo today as we discuss an eventful week in the BBL. Lots happening in the league, Jay. And I must say, we must have very sad lives that we're here committing to a podcast on a Friday night. I know that wouldn't have been the case in my early 20s, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure we'd be frequenting some club or something like that, but you know, we're we're maturing and uh we're getting a little mild in our in our old age. But let's kick this into gear. It'll be just me and you, but let's start as we always mean to go on. It's the Marriott Minute. Europe is calling for not one but two BBL teams as Leicester riders decide to follow the London Lions into a European campaign, riders applying for the Champions League and riders applying for the Champions League and Lions applying for the Euro Cup. The new BBL formats have been confirmed with food for thought from Dave Forrester calling for less playoff places to give teams more to play for towards the end of the season, feeling that teams may choose to rest or take their foot off the gas and not care about the playoff positionings too much. Something to think about for all of us. Coach Lloyd Gardner has been confirmed as the Surrey Scorchers new head coach, leaving the Manchester Giants after just one season. We've also seen the talented British big man David Ulf also leave the Giants for the Cheshire Phoenix, joining Will Neighbour as he moves from the London Lions to the Phoenix, stockpiling the British talent. A very exciting roster is taking shape in Cheshire. Coach Paul James has confirmed he has signed a new long-term deal with the Plymouth City Patriots. And lastly, an epic showdown of past and present at Coach Rob's testimonial with the BBL legend stealing it at the death to beat a very competitive Riders Legends. We discuss it later in the show, but for me, nostalgia to the max and a really competitive game. What more could you ask for in the name of Coach Rob? Paternostro. And that's this week's Marriott Minute. I'm always watching. Appreciate that great minute. And that minute is my library being here in the States. I'm really dependent on it because it's hard to keep track with everything going on. So, you know, we started off the (laughs) summer extremely slow and now it seems like things are starting to heat back up again. So let's get into it. We'll go in depth and some points in your Marriott Minute. And now let's transition into hot takes. And let's begin with Rob Paternostro's testimonial game, which I'll be a little bit transparent. I didn't get to watch it all in its entirety, but I got to watch it in pockets here or there. So before I give my thoughts on it, Jay, what were your your thoughts? Did you even get to watch the game? Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of got a little bit of inside information. There was going to be a stream. So I, I kind of kept quiet knowing that that was going to be coming out. And uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed I mean, I, I put it in the diary. I, I wish I could have been there. Um, you know, I messaged Coach Rob and just said it, it, if it was any other time, but it was my daughter's birthday. So he forgave me. And yeah, I, I was just really, really looking forward to watching the game. Just just with the names that were involved, 
Uh, and the the one thing that I can say about the game, when you put these games together, sometimes like the names and the hype, the games don't usually match up because you start to see these players that are kind of older and, and, and maybe have lost it. But it was a really competitive game. And considering that the Riders legends, you know, the majority of those players are retired and have been retired quite a few years they came out and really gave it to the to the BBO legends and and they kind of had to go young to get back in the game and 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 start balling out but uh you know how, how great was it last minute to see that that Fab Flanoy could make the game and and I really thought that that was the missing piece for me as we were starting to talk about the rosters taking shape and things like that because you more so than me were right in the mix of that but that that's all I know is coach Rob going to battle against coach Fab you know that's 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 kind of I feel like what's interwoven for both of their careers for the rest of their life is that is that battle between those two so yeah it was a great game it was a lot of fun I must say that I, I kind of regret in leaving Tyler Bernardini off my uh, all-time list mm. because he was just incredible. Considering that you know he's done very little, and that was him saying that in the commentary, he was unreal. So yeah, it was a, it was a great game. Lots of nostalgia there. Charles Smith, I, it, I thought we were going to see a little bit more of him, but you know he he played a couple of minutes and and didn't really get going. So I was a, bit, a little bit disappointed about that, but. Apart from that, everybody showed up. Yeah, it was amazing for me to be able to see a bunch of guys that, you know, I competed against over my 16 years. Um, I played against everyone on that court except um, his name slips my mind, but the point guard that's been that from from Holland. Devin Van Oostrom. He's, he's British, man. I mean, yeah, he, I, he's Dutch. He's got Dutch heritage yeah. as well. You threw me off with that, but um, yeah, Van Oostrom, yeah. yeah. I got an opportunity to play against all of those guys during my 16 years, except for uh, Van Oostrom. And, uh, you know, for me, it was it, it was just great to see, you know, guys that's been out the game for so long and still got it. You know what I mean? Although a couple of them might have put on a few pounds, but I mean, why not? They should be a able few. To- <laughs> I mean, they've been retired for a couple of years. I mean, I, I, I can attest I can <laughs> that the past year I've probably eaten some things that I wouldn't normally eat during my playing days. But oh, behave! You're like a whippet, dude. Like you're you're the most annoying person ever. Like your 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 metabolism before you've even chewed it is gone. You know, like that's uh, us dad bods are struggling. But I'm not taking it for granted, man. <laughs> Because I know how quickly it can turn, but yeah, it was awesome, and I'm a, I'm disappointed with Fab because I spoke to him a couple of days before he hit me up when he had landed in the UK, and during our conversation, I had asked him if he was going to be playing in a game, and he gave me a uh, I don't know. So obviously he knew because they had the name printed on the jersey. He was just trying to keep it a secret. Yeah. I'm disappointed that he kept it a secret from his boy, but what an amazing event! And just like you said, Jay, <laughs> like I would have loved to have been there and been part of that but um it, it was exactly what rob deserved and i'm actually proud that the lester riders did this while he's still coaching because normally you see games like this where where guys are long gone and and so giving guys mm. their flowers where they're still active is is the new wave so congratulations to rob and and for all those guys to travel across the world like they did just says a lot about that man but uh, speaking of that man, Rob Paternostro, we move on to some news that was just announced, Jay. Uh, big news, by the way, something that we have been asking, but we kind of saw it coming. The Leicester Riders have applied for the Basketball Champions League, 
And then also, which really surprised me, the London Lions going for the Euro Cup. Thoughts, sir? The Leicester Riders thing, I think, was just that story has been written the whole season, you know? So, like, I think that, I think it was Gino Crandell that started it. So, the general himself that sort of said, he he mentioned about Europe and 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 the fact that Leicester were taking that really really seriously, um, and uh, yeah, I, I I mean I I think it's a great move for them. Like I I understand that it that it costs a, you know it's, it's it's a big financial um, investment, but I think you know if you're going to be the champions in the style that they've done it, you, you've got to go and test yourself, and and also as well if you want to keep your big stars, you've got to give them you know, the next, uh, you know, the next big thing to reach for, you know, Gino Crandell now, you know, has put two MVPs on the, on the table. He's brought more trophies this season than last season. So what's the progression? You know, it's got to be Europe. So I'm, I'm just excited to see what they do with the guys and who they're bringing back or if they bring everybody back. And is there anything that you see like in the, in the riders in terms of personnel that you would maybe trade for? Like maybe you would, let a player go in order to upgrade in a position or do you think that they just played so well it's continuity is best man that's a great question yeah and just to go back on your point th- this move was inevitable the Leicester writers had to make this move and I read in an, in an article or a statement that they got sponsors to pay for this so yeah that's great to hear because what we don't want to hear is a year down the road that you know, a team is folding or gone into depth or whatever. So they're in the position to do it, which uh, Russ came on here and said they would only do it if they had, they were in the right place financially. So that's great to hear. Uh, but yeah, to answer your question, you definitely got to go with the continuity. I would say that, you know, for the Brits, for the most part, um, you, you're keeping those guys, you're keeping Patrick Whelan without a shadow of a doubt, uh, Connor, Connor Washington, all those guys. I just think that within their roster that they need a little bit more athleticism. Uh, We know they can shoot. We know they're smart. So, you know, who do they replace if we had to pick one guy? And I'm going to force you to pick a guy as well. I'm not getting rid of of Gino without a shadow of a doubt. I'm keeping a big fella, uh, Nelson Henry, just because smarts, footwork, efficiency. So then that only leaves us with two choices, Zach Jackson and Loving. And I'm going to keep loving because I know he has great size. He can shoot. I just want to see more out of him because once March hit, his game kind of fell down the drain. So for me, as Zach Jackson, I would probably go bigger in that position with someone who's a lot more athletic that can play above the rim and um, to kind of miss mesh along with the shooting that they already have a player that can kind of go against the grain because they have a roster that makes a great team but I feel like you know in in an environment like that you need that one guy that's kind of unpredictable that can kind of get his own offense get his own shot to the point to where you can't scout him kind of like a Paul Gauss was for us for Newcastle like we didn't even know what he was going to do so how would an opponent know what he's going to do so a player like that who's Mm -hmm. a lot bigger and a lot more athletic what about you what would you think about Dirk Williams fitting in with Leicester Riders? Controversial, I know, because maybe Lions are looking to bring him back, but there's a guy with size. And what was really interesting, actually, is um, uh, going back to Coach Rob's testimonial, that they, they were bringing players over to the table, like coming onto the commentary. Right. And Tyler Bernardini, 
you, you could tell that he probably wasn't following too much BBL. And he was like, when did Derek Williams shoot threes? Like, when was he able to shoot threes? Like, when he first came in the league, he couldn't, he couldn't hit threes. And so I thought that was kind of interesting as a testament to how much he's improved year in and year out. You know, but I, I, I still think he could shoot back then. I just yeah. don't necessarily think that's what he was renowned for because he was so he was athletic. So athletic but to answer, yeah, I think so. Like, especially like, you know, the whole, that, that dunk that, you know, is probably going to be replayed for all of time because it was incredible. But to answer your question, I'd probably flip it. And, and I think I'd probably try and upgrade on loving if I'm honest, only based off of the fact that, you know, he faded so incredibly badly to the point where he, you know, he had a donut in the finals. That doesn't always say a lot about the player because I think at that point, everybody realized that Gino was was was, was taking the, the reins and, and going with it and everybody kind of took a back seat. But uh, I just think that he's super, super laid back and and maybe too laid back sometimes like where I think we need another player where Gino can defer and and go get those rests you know and and in the finals that that ended up being Connor Washington and it shouldn't be if that makes sense you know Connor's always going to make big shots like he's a brave he's a brave player and that's why they keep him year in year out and there might be times where he fades out of the lineup but whenever everything is on the line coach Rob trusts him with his life you know so it, I, I think I would go and get an upgrade there obviously going into Europe they can pick up an extra import but I always feel like that's kind of weird for for the import like I always wonder like with the Lions as well you know um, in how they did it last year you must feel really on the outside sometimes so um, yeah interesting stuff and then you know just to focus on the Lions, there's so much exciting things to play out. You know, who who's going to be coaching the team? Is it another complete refurb, refit, go again? Um, coming in with a whole bunch of, um, you know, big guns. Are they going to throw more finance at it to, to try and get it to the level they feel it needs to? Or are they going to do it in a more cultural manner where they're going to try and bring in the pieces that fit and and build a team? So, you know, um, it's really, really interesting. You know, I think I think Berman's got a real tough job in his hands. But like you said, uh, Drew, like getting to speak to him at finals and stuff like that. Like he he's going to feel like he's learned the lessons, and 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 I think they're going to come back in a really big way. So um, yeah, exciting. You know, they they must they must be planning to bring some big names in if they're taking a step. I would imagine. Well, absolutely. If you think about this, moving up to that level and, and to just think about how amazing we thought the Lions roster was last year, they're going to have to double up. You're going to have to upgrade Reese. You're going to have to upgrade Kelly. You're going to have to upgrade Washburn if you're going to compete at that level. So um, I love the optimism by this team. This news kind of really blindsided me. This wasn't something that I was expecting, but Everything that 777 in the London Lions has said from the very beginning, they're standing by it. So I got to commend that on them. And all the little things that we've, you know, criticized them on the last two years, I got a, I got a feeling that in year three, they put it all together. I really do. I think whoever they announced, you know, it starts with the top down, right? First of all, first, they got to get that coaching situation right. I'm confident that they will. If it's the guy that's already been there, who knows? But I just feel like they'll get that that right. And what's giving me confidence, Jay, is that social media presence. I mean, 
we, and, and, and you're going to have to come on here and say something about it because their social media this offseason has been amazing, man. Like, they've really stepped their game up. Just imagine if every team had content like that. Um, you know, I'm loving the direction that they're going in. So the league looks like they're trying to keep up, which, you know, everyone needs to move up to that level. And so I'm really excited about the things to come next year. It's going to be so exciting, man. There's more games, uh, two teams in Europe. I mean, I, I just can't wait to get this thing started. I was just going to say, like, just something that popped in my head there. Do you, do you worry about the league, though, with how much better both of these teams are going to come back? You know, you you would imagine Leicester are going to make a few upgrades on what's been a dominant season. And like you said, you know, they're not messing around. You know, London aren't messing around. And, and I think that we can forgive them on mistakes because they've been trying to invest in the league. There's been a lot of distractions. You know, they maybe thought the project was you know, slightly easier than it was, I think, coming in. They, they, they didn't keep Vince around. They didn't keep much experience of, of people in the higher levels that, that know the BBL. So they've learned the lessons and now they come back. Do you worry that it just becomes a two-horse race? You know, and actually where we had to look for the excitement this season was what was going on below. You know, the, the, the resurgence of the Patriots uh, really started something that started to, to, to kick off underneath because really the Everybody felt like the rider situation was done and dusted early on. Do you worry that this becomes a two-horse race? Not at all, because I'm focused on the bigger picture, man. I mean, we've been around this league for so long. I've been around it for 17 years, and I've been here, and it's coming. It's coming next year. The league is about to do this, and it's been it's been spinning its wheels, and it's been a lot of parity. This, this previous season has probably been the most parity we've ever experienced. But parity is exciting, but it doesn't mean progress. Right. So we need progress. Two teams in Europe is progress and everybody else is just going to have to step their game up, raise their levels to the Leicester Riders and the London Lions levels. So I don't want to be in a situation to where they're dropping just to make the league exciting. So what? I mean, I could deal with a two horse race and then three through through ten being exciting. I'm OK with that. Love it. Good answer. <laughs> well, let's move on, man. Um, I just want to pick up. We, we got some clarity on the league. You know, we came on here, you and I, there was a lot of questions we did surrounding the new league schedule, which is a 36 game regular season. The cup has been refurbished. It's just now, um, you know, there'll be seven through 10 playing each other. And then one through six gets an automatic bid to the quarterfinals. One through four gets a home tie. And I'm assuming it wasn't announced, but I'm assuming when they get to that quarterfinals, it's just going to be a draw. Top four teams get a home and then those other four teams get drawn out of a hat. Love that. Um, the trophy is pretty much a similar uh, a tournament with uh, along with six added teams from Division One. Before I get your take on it, Jay, I, I love this, man, because I was never a fan of playing 10 games to see who makes it to the second round of the cup when you're going to let four out of the five teams go. It's just, for me, it was pointless. But the biggest thing that I love about this, Jay, is that there's no more using the cup as a preseason. Bring in players in August, start your preseason four weeks before the season, and now we're going to test out your recruiting process 
How diligent are you in the recruiting process? Because, you know, before then you could just draw a name out of a hat, fly them over, try them out. If it doesn't work out, then send them back. You have to hit the ground running from day one. So you got to really do your homework. You got to watch film. You got to get out there in the streets, talk to these coaches and see who you're bringing in. And for me, uh, that levels the plan field because every team isn't in a situation to where they can bring players in and out. So what is your thoughts on the refurbishment of the league schedule? I think it goes back to your point that you were saying when I when I asked about the two horse race, you know, like it, it, it's just professionalism, right? That's what we want Absolutely. is we don't want people, you know, testing the, these little bits and pieces out. And, 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 you know, we we need bigger investment in all our clubs to move them forward and make it more legit and make it more competitive. So exactly like you're saying that that does that now in, instead of having this kind of, like you said, more game it gave us more games last year but it didn't give us more competitive games i felt like you know it, it didn't really mean a ton and you had this one ridiculously strong group and the other one not so strong and it, you just didn't find out a lot about what's going on with teams now it, it, the one thing that i've been crying out for for a while that i think would that would really work for us it, is having within that preseason doing similar to what they do in australia where they, they have that kind of tournament where you can do that. You know, you can try out your roster. They go to a different city every year. So it's kind of supporting that city to raise the profile of the game. That gives you your flavor and you can test it out. Some teams are taking it really seriously and they want to go strong. Some teams are testing out youth, you know, young talent, you know, which you've got to guess. Like if you look at the Lions, you know, you had a couple of real studs come out of uh, of nowhere to sort of play for them over the years so you could start to see them in preseason and get excited with what the future looks like and then coming into these uh it, you know I think they've just streamlined everything which is which is good to see so simple format for the cup love it you know the trophy I've always enjoyed seeing the division 1 teams come in you wonder how that's going to work though as the league progresses and and gets better I feel like the gap is starting to open up a little bit more you know, I noticed this week, I think it was announced that, you know, Solent are going to kind of take a little bit of a a step back from where they've been in terms of recruitment and stuff and start to look more local talent and push that through. So you, you have to imagine they're taking a step back. The future of that side of things might be a little bit wavy, but yeah, I, I like it. And then playing it, you know, more games is is better for us that, you know, that's going to give us more content and more talking points. Absolutely. More games that matter. And you speak of Solent dropping back. That just means that they will need to be replaced by the Worthing Thunder because their roster looks sick. But speaking of rosters, let's talk about <laughs> Cheshire Phoenix. As the league continues to evolve, what's going to become really important is your Brits having quality Brits and with this Brexit thing as well, I feel like over time you're going to be able to get more Brits that you wouldn't able, be able to in a position to touch. They're going to be available to the BBL because you got that borderline of players. That's not quite good enough to play on the continent as an import. So they're going to have to play in the BBL and that's great for our league. And so who you choose for those three or four spots are going to be important. So the Cheshire, Phoenix have gone with Will Neighbor, Danny Evans, who I don't know a ton about, and then David Ulf. So what's your thoughts on this foundation with the Cheshire Phoenix? Yeah, I mean, this is year two of their, 
you know, their new direction and it really paid off last year. And I think the one thing that I've heard them constantly say in these press releases, you know, obviously they were disappointed at getting a slow start. So that's what they're really focused on is making sure that they get off to a better start. But, you know, this whole British piece is is going to be massively important. And I think that as the profile of the league is growing and as, like you said, it becomes more difficult for Brits to get jobs, we're going to start to see the British talent coming back. But... But if we're going to do that, if we're going to start seeing real, genuine British talent, we have to be able to match that with finance, right? We need to be able to value these players as highly as we possibly can. And and Cheshire are, are leading the way right now. Like, that's what they're trying to do. You know, they're trying to put themselves in the best position. Remember, also, they've kept hold of Ocherobia right. um, in that mix as well. So you've got Ocherobia, David Olf and Will Neighbour up front before you've even brought imports, if that's the, the where they go with it. You know, because for me, Archerobia over the last couple of years has taken such a leap that I feel like he's a starting five in this league. And, you know, you, you don't need to worry about that position. So it's certainly certainly interesting the the, the direction they're going. You know, I, I like it. You know, I, I, I like it. And I like the fact that Ben Thomas is evolving and going in different directions and and stretching himself and testing himself and and got himself a trophy last year for doing it. Yeah, I I like these three pieces if they plan to bring in, complete the American slots. I don't if they are replacing these guys with Americans. And for example, if they bring in two, I like it if they are bringing these guys in for debt because you speak of Ojerobio and this is, this is just telling me where the league is going. You gotta have, you gotta have soldiers and you have David Ulf um, backing up Ojerobio. You're solid there. You're, you're good. You don't need to do anything else. Danny Evans, I'm assuming he's a very solid player just from what I've seen on Twitter. Um, you know, yeah, good, he's good. A good solid piece there. Uh, Will neighbor. I like, I like this piece. If He's bringing in, if he's coming in to be a compliment, playing a complimentary role. What I mean by that is I'm not depending on Will Neighbor to be a main piece. And the reason why I say that is not due to his talent because Will Neighbor is 6'10 with range. He can really shoot that thing. But what's been the question marks over Will Neighbor the last six or seven years? Health. Can't stay healthy. I can't think of a season. Mm-hmm where Will Neighbor has been healthy. Going back to, you know, the London City Royals, every year it's always something. So if he's in a situation where he's coming in to be the eighth and ninth man, that's great for him because it's taking pressure off of him. Because, you know, we know from experience, once you if, – if you're injury prone and you begin to get older, you're not going to become less injury prone. You're only going to get more injury prone. So you're going to get injured more. So from his mindset, for him not to have the pressure of coming in, knowing he has to be a main piece, would be great for him. And, you know, he could be a game changer for three or four of those games. So I I like what Mm -hmm. they're doing. So a lot remains to be seen. I think um, the one thing that I will add is I really like these moves if you're able to return Teddy O. And I just just have some some let's call it uh, intuition that you know that there there's probably at least one other team in in the mix for for trying to add him to the to their roster as well. And you don't have to put a lot a lot together to find to figure out who that might be. So 
if they can return Teddy O, like I, I really like what they're doing. You know, right now I like what they're doing. Danny Evans coming to, to the league is great for us. Again, it's another Brit that's coming in. You know, as you said, Will's got huge talent. It's just whether we, they can keep him on the floor and David Elf's coming back from a pretty bad injury himself, but they're great players. So I'll, I'll like it more if I see Teddy O on the dotted line. Yeah, well, moving on to our last topic of the day before we wrap this thing up is obviously David Off leaves Manchester because his head coach is gone now. And that's Lloyd Garner, who's gone down to Surrey. We've heard some whispers about that. So that move is now final. And for me, there's two folds for it. First of all, I'm glad. Well, I don't know what happened with with, with Giants. So let me rewind back. Um for Lloyd Gardner, I really hope this situation works out for him because I don't see another scenario to where you're going to get another opportunity because right now, this is opportunity number three in the BBL. Opportunity number four would mean you have coached for 40% of the teams in the BBL, and that is pretty much unprecedented. So I, I like Lloyd. I mean, he did a great job when he came in there for Manchester. He's changed the franchise. He's changed the mindset. And so I really hope he can find a home because it's been something that he has been unable to do. And on the other side of it, speaking of the Manchester Giants, this concerns me. It's, it concerns me because, you know, the last year and a half, we've been really high. I mean, we looked at the Manchester Giants as a major contender last year. And how do you allow someone like Lloyd Gardner walk? Now, if you're bringing in an upgrade, then just disregard to what I'm saying. But if it's someone on Lloyd Gardner's level or lower, then this concerns me for a franchise that we've been assuming over the last two years has been trajectorying upwards, right? So it leaves me with a lot of question marks with this franchise. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I, I'm really pleased for, for Lloyd Gardner and, and um, you know, I'm really pleased for Surrey as well. You know, they they've... They've been the whipping boys for for a little while now, and and I'm hoping that this move is a sign of investment. This is a sign of change, um, and and they're going to give him some time to, to 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 build a program. And that's that's what I think that he would be really great at. Is he just hasn't had a chance, like you said, to really put his stamp on who he is in this league. And and I think he's a really great coach, and I think that he's a, a really good person. It concerns me a little bit, like you said. You know, this is his, this is his third team in the BBL, and usually you don't get another look in the, in the BBL. It's tough for you to to get back in. So to have three looks, you know, he's an immensely lucky man, but he he's got to take that um, with both hands and run with it. I think from the Manchester's point of view, it just depends what happened. You know, at the end of the day, we don't know. You know, did Lloyd's family move with him up there, or has has he had to deal with that whole commute? You know, so the pull of, of returning closer to home might have been the reason for the conversation. And I think that Jamie, knowing Jamie the way that we know him, he's a very compassionate person, and I think that you know he wouldn't stand in the way. Um, but I think that when you've got a damn good coach who, you know, I was a little bit hard of an, hard on him this year because they, you know, they dropped off after the finals. They they dropped off a relative cliff, but we all felt like that was just one step 
in the right direction where they were going to start to challenge and be a really big piece in this league. And now you've got to say what's happening. Um, I don't think you have to press the panic buttons unless, you know, unless we see Dan Clark walking out the building as well, you know, then you've got to be thinking, wow, okay, you know, something's going wrong. But I think at the moment, you know, David Ulf moving on, you have to remember that his old coach is the assistant coach at Cheshire Phoenix, that that there's some relationship and, and some love there and, and he's a free agent and, and, you know, Lloyd, Lloyd may not have been showing the, the, the signs that he was going to play that really, really big role. Um, you know, but I, I'm really happy for Surrey. I, I just really, I, I genuinely hope that this just isn't a replacement for Creon and Lloyd takes a load of stuff on and, and has to deal with a lot of young talent. And they, of any franchise, need to make some huge improvements in order to help this league. You know, they, they were the ones that let it down last year. Sorry, fans, you know, sorry, front office, you know, not trying to be too hard on them but they've got to work harder than everybody else this season to make sure that they come into that picture and and represent for the franchise. Yeah, a bunch of great points you you make there as we finish this thing off. And a great point about uh, Coach Lloyd Gardner because I'm glad that you brought that up, uh, you know, the family side of it. The other side, because I just looked at it through uh, a negative standpoint and that's only just because like in the day and age that we live in anytime there's a breakup in sports it's always typically anything negative and especially if you think about um, you know the the coaching situations we've had here in the last couple of years so I hope it's what what you mentioned there and I would like to think and you're absolutely on the nail about the Surrey Scorchers the league is only as good as, it, as its weakest link and Surrey has to step their game up I mean the, the one thing that I can say that they got going for them is those fans. Those fans get there every single Sunday and occasionally on a Saturday, mm. even when a team has won two games. So it's now time for the organization to, to, to live up to the billing. And I would like to think that, that you, t- you spoke about investment, that Coach Lloyd Gardner wouldn't take this job if there wasn't, uh, you know, a, 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 a something from – you know, the leaders of that organization saying, hey, we're going to put some more money in the budget or we're going to plan to take another level because I don't think he would want his name to be tied to to, to the way the organization has, has been over the last couple of years. So um, he is the right man to get it. And, and, and for Surrey, they, they did need a refresh. They needed a restart. As much as we love Creon, it was it was time, right? And so and we keep talking about the direction that the league is going. Um, it's going this way and everybody has to get on that boat and try to keep up and row, get their, get their bore out and row hard because you've got a, a lot of water to tread to keep up with the Leicester Riders and the London Lions. Man, love it. Well, you know, that, that kind of wraps up, um, you know, just, to, just a brief little catch up for me and Mr. Alaska. We're on other sides of the world. Um, you know, we're, we're working hard to, um, to, to bring you the guests that we want to bring in for this summer road trip. Some of them, some obvious choices, some of them a little left field at times, you know, we want to go in different directions, not just only focusing on players. You know, we want to be looking at branding. We want to be looking at directions for the league and other areas of growth, you know, so we want, we want to get into the geeky stuff, but guys, you know, hopefully we've, we've caught you up to date and, uh, you know, get, give us your opinions, guys. We love seeing it on the Twitter. Like, I'm starting to see it come to life again this past week. I know a couple of people have asked for some guests. We hear you. We're, we're there. We're working on that. 
you know, and there's there's a couple of people now getting brave enough to kind of throw out their thoughts instead of just bashing <laughs> our thoughts. You know, like it's um, it's getting pretty good. But one thing is for sure that things are hotting up in the BBL as we start to sail towards that new season. So I'm sure by next week we'll have some hot news for you. But thanks for sticking with us, guys. And speaking of getting brave, I got to call out Matthew Bryant. Brave enough to call us out, but not brave enough to pick his own five. We keep saying it. If you're going to get on the socials <laughs> and you're going to criticize our picks, you must yeah. give your opinions as well. It's hey, a two-way street. what do you think about NBA's performance? I didn't watch. Think he, I, think I, didn't, he's, I didn't. I didn't watch it long enough to, to to judge. I just saw someone post a highlight, and he looked like he looked like he was moving freely to me. But I, I didn't watch enough to be able to judge, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's get he's got to get into uh, you know seasonal shape. He's got to be up and ready to go. But I th- I think he's going to be good. He looks you know he looks pain free. So NBA, I, I know you're listening. I know you watch everything that we say uh, in, in terms of that side of things. So it's just exciting to see you back. Um, and, and I thought what was really interesting as well, just one last thing to finish off, was there was a few people thinking we were talking about all time. So I saw even going, let's throw a name out there. I saw Will Creekmore su- sweeping in there with a little laughter, feeling like he should have been in there. But you weren't at Coach Rob's testimonial. That's the all-stars we were talking about. <laughs> and to finish, even if it was all time, as much as we love you, Will, your name would have not been on that list. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> pop, pop, headshot. And we are signing off. We'll be here same place, same time here on The Show. The Show! Thanks for listening to The BBO Show. The BBO Show is a 21 media original podcast produced by Corey Mallory with your host, Jay Marriott and Drew Lasker. Keep up to date with the show by following the BBO on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where you can find details on future episodes, events, and fan interaction. Until next time. <laughs>